What's up, everybody? You're listening to Off the Wall's new mini series, Mini Mics. I'm your host here with my co-host Andrew George. Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, homie. I'm uh, pretty excited to uh, do our little first episode of this. So, what we're going to be talking about, it's going to kind of be like a little rapid fire thing with underappreciated and forgotten athletes uh, that we feel should be get, given more recognition. So, Mike and I, we hit uh, baseball, football, and basketball. So we're going to go in that order and kind of just transition back and forth like a little rapid fire thing. So, uh, Mike, we'll start with you. Who's your first baseball guy? Yeah, so my first one's going to be Juan Pierre. Uh, early 2000s hitter, started his career with the Rockies, ended up moving on to the Marlins, where I'd say he probably had his best years before going to L.A. and then finishing out his career bouncing around. Um, something people don't know, though, he's 18th all-time in stolen bases. He has about 614 for his career. He led the league three times in stolen bases as well. I mean, he was a solid 295 hitter. Loved watching him grow up. Juan Pierre is my first. I'll pick up where you left off with the uh, Florida Marlins player. So we got uh, Chugga Chugga Choo Choo, my all-time favorite uh, pitcher, Dontrell Willis, the D-Train, uh, fellow lefty for the Marlins uh, in 05, finished second in NL Cy Young voting. Uh, in that year, won 22 games, pitched seven complete games and five shutouts. So shout-out, D-Train. Dude, I love Dontrell Willis, man. Best hitter, too. Best hitting pitcher in backyard baseball 2007. Oh, absolute, absolute tank. but uh yeah so i'll keep continuing this uh so alfonso soriano is my second baseball player came up with the yankees started as a second baseman had uh i think his greatest power years were in both washington and chicago so he had over 412 home runs in his career which is really respectable 289 stolen bases so he's getting it done with the wheels as well he came up really hyped with the yankees he had several 30 plus home run years uh in his career but i feel like he's just been kind of forgotten about since he retired in 2015 so shout out to alfonso soriano dude he's another one of those backyard baseball like legends like all those mid-2000s oh, sure. guys Oh, God. I got another one of those. So, uh, Eric Chavez, uh, third baseman, prime spent with the Oakland A's. From 01 to 06, he had six straight gold gloves. Uh, in his 13 years in Oakland, he had an average OPS of 821. And uh, four of those six years, he drove in over 100 RBIs. So, he was always uh, he was always one of those. He's another backyard baseball guy, which is just, <laughs> just a backyard baseball uh, list. But <laughs> Dude, I love that. Billy Beans, Oakland A's. Eric Chavez was a beast for a few years there, man. Oh, yeah. Who you got next? I got Zach Granke going next. He won one Cy Young, but he should have two in 2015. He came second to Jake Arrieta, who had probably the best second half a pitcher's had in the history of baseball. But Zach Granke was consistent throughout that whole year, and he finished with a 166 area. Part of the reason I don't think he gets the recognition he deserves is that he's pitched in a lot of small markets, Kansas City, Milwaukee, Arizona, and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, which really is a smaller market in a subsect of L.A. But uh, Zach Granke's a stud. He should get more recognition. I do hope he makes all of them. One thing I will say is, like, especially as you just mentioned uh, Granke, is with all these guys, like, since I know you've collected a lot of, like, cards too, like, I'm every time you say one of these guys, like, this is like an era where, like, I was my prime of collecting baseball cards. So, like, I'm getting all these, like, tops and upper deck, like, little images flowing through my head. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so my last baseball player is one of my favorites, uh, Maglio Ordonez, right fielder for um, the White Sox and the Tigers, three-time Silver Slugger, six-time All-Star, um, hit 309 over his 15-year career. So he's a dude that I always liked. 
Magda Ordonez, too, folks, sent the Tigers to the 2006 World Series with a walk-off home run against the A's. Big Unbelievable <laughs> call in the broadcast booth, so definitely recommend watching that. But for me, I have two baseball players to round it out. I did five. Uh, so my first one's going to be Todd Helton. And to be honest, I didn't even really respect him as much as I should have until I started looking into his uh, stat line deeper. So the Coors field effect, I think, is real. That's why he's not recognized that well. But I looked at his splits. So at home, he hit 345 with a 441 on base and a 607 slugging. Now, while those numbers were better than his road ones, these aren't bad at all either. 287 on the road batting average, 386 on base, and 469 slugging with a lifetime 414 on base percentage, both home and away. He's in that category of, you know, pretty damn good player, just not a Hall of Famer, but still should be recognized as one of the greatest hitters in his era, I think. And then my last one, it is an absolute shame that this guy is not in the Hall of Fame, Fred McGriff. First of all, he has a dope nickname, Crime Dog, but the dude hit 493 home runs. He had a respectable 377 on base, and I think he just got killed by the steroid era because his numbers were great, but obviously they looked minuscule compared to some of the other guys. He did it clean. He was a clutch hitter. Unfortunately, he did some damage against my Indians in the 95 World Series, but Fred McGriff needs to be in the Hall of Fame. That's It's a disgrace that he's not. Dude, I want to give an, an additional shout out to that Todd, Todd Helton. Uh, I completely forgot about him. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's easy to, and I think it's because he played for the Rockies his whole career. But he was one of my favorites. His career kind of fizzled off towards the end. But look at his prime, man. The dude was arguably a top five hitter in baseball. Yeah, he's a beast. But uh, yeah, so that closes out our baseball list. So we're gonna move to the NFL. So I'll start off with this one. This guy's still playing right now. He actually just got, um, actually just went to the Colts. And I, th- so it's my guy's Philip Rivers. And I think um, there's there's a lot of bias here because he's helped me wins a lot of win a lot of fantasy football matchups. Uh, but the dude has put up crazy numbers his whole career, but has been plagued with such a shitty offensive line year after year. And uh, I feel like you could replace him with a uh, like Roethlisberger, Eli, and he would have just as many rings as them in those kind of environments. No, I absolutely agree, and I love that pick, to be honest. The dude's a baller. Uh, So my first football player, another backyard sports hero, but it's going to be Frank Gore. Now, (laughs) this is how long the dude's been playing. He has been in the league for 15 seasons, and he plans to play this season as well, which is crazy because I remember, like, him as a kid, and I was like, this dude's dominant. And, like, here I am 20 years old, and he's still playing. But listen to this. Seven seasons of 1,100-plus yards, nine seasons of 1,000-plus He's just been a durable, consistent player. He'll obviously be in the Hall of Fame, but I feel like somehow he's still undervalued. For a running back, too, like to have that kind of shelf life, I think it's just insane. Um, oh, absolutely. But, so I actually have another running back, and he's one of my, like growing up, was one of my all-time favorite Madden players. So Chris Johnson, CJ2K, um, at one point he rushed for over 2,000 yards and averaged 125 yards a game. Uh, and then he rushed in six years with Tennessee, rushed for 8,000, like nearly 8,000 yards and 50 touchdowns in six years with Tennessee. And I feel like that span doesn't get talked about enough when talking about kind of like all time great running backs, like because of that short shelf life uh, that running backs have. No, his, the start to his career is probably second to not many. I mean, it's got to be top five all time, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he fizzled off, but I think he did just get arrested for armed robbery. I could be wrong, but yeah, him um, and him and OJ both had two like the best rushing seasons ever, and uh, both oh, yeah. had some trouble with the law. But it's all right. <laughs> he's, he's still, still well, there's another two I had his rookie card, but no, that's uh, <laughs> from. 
pure football standpoint, not a bad pick at all. all right. Um, so my last football player is going to be, and I know this could get some lashback, but hear me out on this one. Tony Romo. Okay. I know we all recognize probably Tony Romo for what he is and that's fine, but I do think he's undervalued in this sense. He gets a lot of crap for, you know, the way he's performed in the playoffs and not getting the Cowboys there that much in his career. Okay. First of all, this dude came undrafted out of an FCS school and actually in the playoffs, he hasn't been that terrible. He only threw two picks in his six career playoff games and does Bryant caught that football. Plus the guy just, he didn't turn the ball over that much over his career. He had 248 touchdowns to 117 INT. He is. So I get it. I think you can make an argument he's in the Hall of Fame. If not, that's fine. But I don't like the people bash his football career. We know he's good in the booth. But just respect his career a bit more. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, I feel. I, th- I also think Jason Garrett doesn't really get enough blame for all those like just kind of mediocre years and like underachieving, uh, as opposed to Romo's blame and stuff like that. But um, no, I feel it. Um, my last one is going to be Lance Briggs, um, linebacker for the Chicago Bears, and. He was a key part of those dominant Bears defenses, but he was kind of overlooked by uh, playing next to Brian Erlacher. I mean, reasonably so, because, I mean, Erlacher is one of my all-time favorite athletes, um, and he's one of the best linebackers ever. So, But he was a model of consistency, seven-time pro bowler, and uh, Lance Briggs was a freaking beast. Oh, for sure. Um, so, yeah, now last category, we got uh, the NBA. And so I will start uh, with this one. This basketball is my favorite sport. So we're going to roll with – I'm actually wearing his jersey right now, Tracy McGrady. I've talked about him in a couple other of our actual episodes. Uh, one of the most skilled players of all time. His 13 points in 33 seconds is, in my opinion, the best scoring sequence ever. Uh, Kobe called him the hardest matchup he's ever had in his career, and his career was ultimately kind of screwed by injuries um, to him and to his teammates all around him. Yeah, he's definitely, I think, one of those greatest what-ifs in sports history. Oh, yeah. Who do you got? So for me, my first one's going to be Rajon Rondo. Um, I think had his career started five years earlier, he would have been a surefire Hall of Famer, though I think he still will get in. I just think he would have been, you know, for sure. Um, He's led the league in assists three times in his career, which is crazy. And to me, he has one of the highest IQs in basketball that I've ever seen. Um, I remember reading an article in Sports Illustrated that talked to him as a kid. And he's just so attentive to detail. It's ridiculous. That's why, and I know he's butt heads with some coaches in his career, but if you can kind of get that worked on, I think he would be a heck of a head coach. And I know, I believe in that article, it said it was a goal of his, but Rajon Rondo is my first basketball player. Yeah, he's real quickly, he's uh, he's one of those guys too, where after Boston won that first title um, and kind of guys like Ray Allen, like Garnett Pierce were kind of approaching like the back ends of their careers. Um, he was like doing the opposite as he was much younger than everyone else. So his game, he, some of those stat lines he put up was ab- were absolutely, absolutely insane. So um, I love that pick. But uh, my next guy is going to be Dwight Howard. Uh, so another current guy like Phillip Rivers, but uh, he was just such a dominant force in his Orlando days. He led them to the finals in 09 and was a legit top five player for so many of those years uh, in like kind of like the late 2000s. And his name isn't heard as much as I feel like it should be regarding like all-time center conversations. Like he was just such a force. No, I agree. I think he's another of his career maybe started five, six, seven years earlier. Uh, you know, when the center was more influential in basketball, you might hear him as a top five center of all time. I, I think that seriously. But I'm going to come back at you with another center. Mine's going to be Al Jefferson. I know his career didn't Big Al! <laughs> someone, yeah, someone like Dwight Howard. 
But uh, career-wise, he was 16 and 8, which is really productive. In his prime, he had 23 and 11 for a couple of years. He was also my dude in 2K14. My player signed with the Charlotte Hornets, and he was the guy that talked to me. So, mad respect for Al Jefferson. <laughs> Big Al's Funhouse. Love that guy. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna respond back with a little uh, the Mississippi Bullet. Uh, shout out any current Warriors fans that know who this guy is, uh, Monte Ellis. Uh, super quick, uh, very athletic guard, great slasher. Really, really fun to watch in transition. Uh, and in his best years with Golden State, threw up as much as uh, 25 a game. And his top 10 on YouTube, like made by like House of Highlights, is something I recommend watching. Super fun. No, I love that pick. And if you're a true Warriors fan, you better know who that yeah. is. <laughs> but uh, So my last basketball player is going to be Danny Granger. Um, I don't think people realize how good this dude was in his Paul prime. George, was- Paul George before Paul George. No, that's what I was going to say. He helped mentor Paul George. Um, he was a natural scorer, I think. He averaged 25 points per game a couple times in his prime. And, I mean, to me, he was the key to the Pacers starting their run to the Eastern Conference Finals versus the Heat. I know he wasn't as impactful in the last couple matchups, but when they initially got there, because the Pacers kind of came out of nowhere, and a lot of that is due to Paul George, but um, Danny Granger was huge for that organization for several years, and I think he deserves more respect in that era of basketball. Granger Danger, love that pick. <laughs> um, my last one I'm going to finish out with is kind of kind of an older guy in the uh, 80s, so it's actually Bernard King, and he's a huge, huge what if. Um, because another guy where injuries kind of really uh, derailed his career. Uh, unbelievable scorer, averaged 33 and six before tearing his ACL. Um, at the end of the 84-85 season, uh, just an unbelievable talent, and amazingly so, had to wait 20 years after he retired to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Which is so ridiculous. Like it's like he he died in 02, rest in peace, and he was inducted in 2013. And it's just it's a shame that he had to wait uh, two decades to get inducted. It's crazy too, because a lot of these guys can, especially on your list, can be classified as what ifs. So oh, might yeah. have to do a podcast about that in the near yeah, future. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you all for listening to our mini mic series our goal with these podcasts or mini podcasts if you will is to get them within like 8 and 14 minutes something that's not too long and focuses on one specific topic so thank you from both Andrew and I again for listening again follow us on at off the wall underscore BW on both Twitter and Insta can't wait to talk to you next time thank you see you